Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. We're very happy to be here with another epic recap. Before we jump into everything that happened during the Singapore Grand Prix, which was, in our opinions, a very crazy and fun race to watch, we wanted to tell you that the merch is rolling in. People have been sending us pictures in their sweatshirts and their t-shirts and their bags. So it's really fun to watch. If you haven't ordered, definitely do that today and keep sending us the pictures. We love it. And as always, we are on Discord, Instagram, and Twitter at F1R The Girls. So follow us there, get in on all the drama. And with that, we'll jump in. I'm Chessa. I'm Sarah. And I'm Tiggy. So into our main takeaways from the weekend, I've definitely heard some people complaining about this race, but I thought it gave us so much to work with from the wet conditions to all the different incidents. There was a ton going on for what felt like the whole race. Also six DNFs. So that was a lot to watch. Uh, Yeah, I think it was impressive if you finished the race. So a couple of takeaways from me, I think Checo Above all, he deserved driver of the day. So happy for him. And to see someone other than like the usual suspects on the top of the podium. What else? It was an awesome day for McLaren and Aston Martin. So uh, pat on the back to those teams for sure. With that, McLaren overtook Alpine for fourth in constructors, which makes this battle a continuously fun thing to follow. It was a tough weekend, unfortunately, for Mercedes, but Otherwise, I am personally happy that the championship wasn't decided this weekend. It gives us more to look forward to in this final stretch of racing. So super excited to see it continue in Japan. For me, I love this circuit. It's so fun. The nighttime setting, how dramatic it looks against the skyline. The fact you can see the normal lane markers on the road, on the track, just (laughs) everything. I love it. As Tiggy said, I'm so happy for Checo. He had an amazing start to the season, but then dropped off in terms of performance as the Red Bull car developed more, but now hopefully has gotten to grips with the car again. His defense against Charles was amazing, and he was really just nearly flawless on a day when so many other top drivers, like both Lewis and Max, were making a ton of mistakes. And as Tiggy also said, huge day for McLaren. Really happy for them. And for Mercedes, what is going on over there? (laughs) Their performance is truly just so unproductive at this point with how moody the car is. And then on top of it, they both had some bad calls and also driver errors from both drivers on Sunday. So a bit of a mess overall. Yeah, I think first of all, let's I'm really happy about Checo like that obviously is my biggest takeaway. People were calling him the not only the tire whisperer, but the Mexican minister of defense, which I think is hilarious. 
but yeah, for me, I loved this race. There was so much going on. For me, it was like the the combination of the rain, the obviously the tough street circuit track, but then all of the safety cars made for a strategy trifecta. And I think it gave Ferrari a real chance at redemption and gave them a chance to shine. So I think that's what made it really awesome for me. And I also loved to see McLaren doing well in fighting shape and just seeing some other other people up on the podium. So how did our hot takes hold up, Sarah? You go first. I had double Red Bull podium and I also had Mick and Danny in the points. So partial credit for Checo and Danny. Glad that Danny manifestation pulled through. He definitely exceeded my expectations with a P5, but Max and Mick not able to, not able to make it happen. I had Max not winning. um, So that's pretty good for me. And then I had a wild card. So not too shabby. I think Danny counts as a wild card for me. And then, but the, just the double Ferrari feels so crazy. Like that would have been way too hot of a take for me last week. So, girl, that was my hot take, baby. Well, double you Ferrari podium. <laughs> I know, and I have to say, I love getting at least one hot take right. It has been ages, my friends. I have been <laughs> on such a cold streak with these, so I am super happy to say that my double Ferrari podium manifested. Yeah, Tiggy, that's a huge one. <laughs> I remember you saying that and thinking like, oh, yeah. <laughs> They can thank you for that. I don't think so. Yeah. I also said Vettel in both Alpines in the top 10. So if you just switch Alpines with McLarens, I'll just pretend it was a clean sweep for me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So for our MVPs, I mean, it's hard not to say Checo for me. I think no questions asked on that from his amazing start to the very end. He just drove beautifully, like we said. And it wasn't like he was out there racing by himself. He had Charles breathing down his neck for a good part of the race and also had to navigate the conditions, all the safety car restarts. He had to get that, you know, seven-second buffer in case the the time penalty came in, uh, which it did. So all in all, Chef's Kiss, I think, has to be up there as one of Checo's best drives, if not the best. Yeah, obviously in my heart, Checo is always the MVP, but I will give it to the Ferrari strategy team. They really kept it together, and it could have been really bad. <laughs> I definitely also agree with Checo, but I have to throw some love to Danny. P16 to P5 was a huge drive when he really needs some good vibes and to remind other teams with open seats that he has the talent of the multiple Grand Prix winning driver that he is. So very happy to see that. How about LVP? For me, Alpine, I think after all that hype and confidence heading into the weekend, the big arrow upgrade, what a letdown. Uh, not the driver's fault, really, both for liability issues, but it, it was not not great overall for them. And on Alonso's 350th Grand Prix weekend, just Whoa. a big disappointment for him. So, I think I have to go with Mercedes. Driver errors from both drivers. Both of them crashed at different points. And also the move of... George going on to slicks the earliest. He always insists on doing this, of being the first one on slicks. And it was such a disaster. He was like a minute behind the back of the pack, just sliding around everywhere. (laughs) I think for me, uh, I'm going to go with Latifi. He like barely even had a race and the safety car probably drove more laps than him. So, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Let's jump into some news. So big news last week was the cost cap drama or as People are calling it cost gate. 
So basically last week, there was some speculation focused on Aston Martin and Red Bull for having potentially not complied with the 2021 cost cap limit. Toto has been talking this up, saying that, quote, as far as we understand, there's a team in minor breach, which is more procedural. And then there's another team that is fundamentally massively over and that is still being looked after. That is an open secret in the paddock. Toto with the spicy quote. Yeah, hint, hint. He's he's hinting at Red Bull. But according to Christian, the team submission for the 2021 cap was below the $145 million limit. And Christian is obviously vehemently denying these allegations. A lot of this, I will say, is still speculative. And the FIA is still finalizing the review of those 2021 numbers and all of the data submitted by the teams. And according to them, any alleged breaches of the financial regulations will be dealt with according to the formal procedures that are set out in the regulations. They're going to be releasing their compliance certificates on Wednesday. So buckle up. Maybe some teams will not be getting them. But I think it's so crazy that this takes so long. Like, we're already almost done 2022. How are they still doing 2021? But what's crazy is it's thought that the penalties might include deductions of championship points, cost cap reductions in the future, and other fines. So this is obviously potentially huge for last year when the Drivers' Championship was only decided by eight points and obviously Red Bull came out on top. So very excited to see what might happen on Wednesday. It could be really big. I hope no one went over because that will just be a disaster of epic proportions. And plus the FIA taking so long on this, it'll be so controversial too to be enacting penalties so late in the game. It's just oh, it's a just disaster zone. I hope everyone just follow the rules. <laughs> they need to hire like EY or like auditors like they do for the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, but it seems crazy to me that a team, I mean, they're a business operation. Like how could you be that? over and feel like you're going to get away with it. I don't know. And I do think one thing that's potentially happened is we've talked about this before, but a bunch of different categories of spending are excluded from the cost cap. So the cost cap really only applies to car development and performance. It doesn't apply to driver salaries, logistics, marketing, travel, all of this other stuff. So granted, that's probably semi-complicated. They have to kind of allocate every spending line but still they have cfos they have hordes of people to do this <laughs> yeah yeah totally well speaking of business and finance had to give a quick little shout out to my past life um and those interested in a business that porsche went public last week and we've been talking a little bit about porsche in relation to formula one and their talks with red bull those have fallen through but Still just a huge event in the motor world. It was Germany's second largest IPO ever at a $72 billion valuation and almost $20 billion, sorry, euros raised from the IPO. So almost $10 billion of that will go to Volkswagen to help their electromobility plans, which they have a 52 billion euro budget for. It puts its market cap ahead of both Ferrari and Mercedes and there were some rumors that some of these funds could help their entry into F1, but seems like that ship has sailed at this point, though we shall see. But it was a big event in the the motor sport world, or I guess motor world, and yeah, it was fun to watch last week. And lastly, the driver market. The rumors are now really flying that Gasly is going to Alpine and DeVries will take his spot at AlphaTauri. Yeah, apparently this is stemming from the French F1 channel Canal Plus saying that the contract between DeVries and AlphaTauri is already signed, and they're typically a decent source, so 
I wonder if that is confirmed or how true that is. Yeah, the F1 announcers, at least on F1 TV, basically made it sound like it was a done deal, which was funny. So definitely look out for that this week. When there's smoke, there's fire. So it seems decently likely to happen. Maybe a lot of the rumors seem to be saying that maybe Gasly to Alpine would be announced in Japan. So very exciting. Jumping into practice, it was wild for practice to see these so late at night local time. And as we mentioned, lots of teams and drivers stay on European time. So you basically do practice at 9 p.m. local time and then stay up another like six hours until 3 a.m. local time. So very chaotic. For FP1, the main highlight was Lewis topped the practice session for the first time this season. It was great to see. But sadly, it did not hold for Mercedes throughout the weekend. In FP2, it was a Ferrari 1-2 with signs on top. And Charles had a good comeback after he had brake problems in FP1. They had to work a lot on the car. FP3 was very wet, so a bit of a teaser for what awaited us the rest of the weekend. For quali overall, there was super tricky conditions. Some parts of the track were super wet and some parts were dry, which is just kind of a cluster. And everyone started on inters and teams were debating when the right moment was to switch to slicks. So Q1, everything was pretty slow. It was really tough. Lots of spin outs at turn seven, a couple yellow flags for Mick, K-Mag, and Charles. And so knocked out in Q1, we had Botas, Danny, Akon, Albin, and Latifi. But despite being eliminated, I think Albon had a great showing given all of his medical issues in the past few weeks. And then K-Mag at P7 was pretty impressive. So for Q2, Leclerc asked to box for slicks and Ferrari overruled him and kept him on the inners, which was a good decision from them for once. Uh, Not too (laughs) much uh, to report here. We had Russell eliminated. That was a big shock. We had Stroll, Mick, Vettel, and Joe also eliminated. The softs did not work out for Vettel, Stroll, and Joe. It was too early for them to go on slicks, as uh, we mentioned. The good decision from Ferrari to overrule Leclerc on that. And then George was on the right tires, but he was having the same issues he had in practice, just no grip. And yeah, it was pretty tough. There weren't any really obvious mistakes. He was just unfortunately too slow to keep up with the top. And then for Q3, most went out on slicks, except for Yuki and K-Mag on inners. It was still super wet through the hairpin, so it was a little bit of a debatable call. Yuki set the fastest first lap besides Lewis, um, and then Yuki was on inners beating both Leclerc and Verstappen. Okay, Yuki. (laughs) Um, Alonzo then got provisional pole with a minute left, so that was exciting to see, but Leclerc took the top spot right after. We get to the Max drama, so Max was also fighting for pole on his final flying lap, but he had to abort it. And his radio, he was just fuming, like, what the bleep? What are you guys saying? Unbelievable, mate. I don't get it. What the bleep is this about? So let me just say, I feel a little bit redeemed about Lewis (laughs) 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 and his radio. Other people also swear on radios. So anyway... He was brought into the pits because there wouldn't have been enough fuel for the required fuel sample if he had kept going. 
And this is just a very simple and basic error from Red Bull. The cars do low fuel runs in quality to make sure the car is as light and fast as possible. So the teams always have to be calculating how much fuel is needed. So just a strange mistake to make from them. But anyway, final results, we had uh, Leclerc, Perez, Hamilton, Sainz, Alonso, Norris, Gasly, Verstappen, K-Mag, and Yuki. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. Personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. Getting into the race, it was delayed by an hour due to wet conditions. So the marshals were all in their suits, sweeping the water from the track. It was unclear when it would get to get started, but tire strategy just generally throughout this race, it's always so fun to watch in wet conditions. Everyone started on inners, and many drivers struggled a bit with overheating the tires because as the inners get worn down, they start to feel more like slick. So it defeats the point because then they don't have good grip in the wet spots. And on top of that, the teams need input from the drivers of when they think they might be able to switch to slick. So the drivers kind of get a lot more say on tire strategy than usual. You'll hear them going back and forth on the radio about the conditions. And around lap 18 to 20, it was starting to seem dry enough for slicks, but no one wants to be the guinea pig to try first. So everyone just kind of waits and hopes that someone else does it. And George ended up being the said guinea pig, and it was a disaster for him. So it proves the point about how risky it is. Drivers on the radio kept being like, how's George doing? And the engineers would just say like, um, not well. And once George started getting faster around lap 35, it really opened the floodgates of everyone pinning to slicks. So let's talk about how the race started and the first lap. Obviously, amazing start from Checo. He passed Leclerc right off the start, got himself into P1 from P2. Sainz and Hamilton made a little bit of contact. Then Sainz passed Hamilton for third, 
who had gone, he went off the track. So there was no further investigation by the stewards on that though. Max had a rough start. He actually dropped from eighth to 12th. So losing places off the start for the first time this whole season. Joe and Botas also fell back in the first lap. K-Mag had an end plate loose and Lewis was complaining about having no grip on those inners. It sounds like he thought he should have started on the wet and the team went against him. And then sadly Albon spun out and his back hit the wall, but he was able to keep going. But overall, so like in the race, there was so many safety cars. We had 60 NF, so a lot going on here. Shout out to Bern Maylander, our dude who drives a safety car. <laughs> the best time. Like, honestly, maybe he should have been driver of the day. <laughs> yeah, there were tons of safety cars just to shout them out here. Or shout out Burned. So first safety car on lap nine, that was caused by Joe and Latifi's clash. Then we had a few virtual safety cars, one on lap 20 from Alonso's engine failure, one lap 26 from Albon hitting the wall, and then one lap 29 from Ocon's engine failure, Alpine out here doing work. And then (laughs) the second full safety car was on lap 36 from Yuki's crash. So just a lot of safety cars going around, made the race pretty interesting. And then just one final note before we get into the teams, but after lap 39, the lap counter changed to the countdown with 35 minutes left to race given the delayed start due to the conditions. And then DRS was not enabled until lap 43 due to those conditions as well. So it was a little bit of an interesting interesting race we had. Getting into the teams for Red Bull, it was Definitely mixed results for them, but they have a lot to be happy about with Checo, especially after there's been some talk about his recent performance being somewhat underwhelming. So huge redemption from him. He called it his best performance. He said that he, quote, really needed this moment and that, quote, we won and put our country where it belongs. Oh, yeah, it was amazing to see him with so much Mexico pride. We definitely has to have to agree. It has to be up there with his best ever F1 races when you consider all the chaos he overcame and also how physically demanding this race is just to complete at all. Christian was especially happy. He was freaking out. He called it Checo's best ever drive after the race on the radio. And then on Instagram said, quote, it's a world-class performance from him today under massive pressure. He's delivered. We are so, so proud of him. Christian was, you can tell on the radio when Christian is just so happy. And Christian immediately hopped on when Checo finished being like, that was spectacular. And as we mentioned, he had an amazing start off the line. He passed Leclerc going into the first corner and made it look so easy and then managed to hold Leclerc off through all of the safety car restarts. Then my favorite part, he really did an amazing job defending against Leclerc towards the end after DRS was enabled and Charles was right on him lap after lap. So this was a big minister of defense moment. And Charles, it wasn't as if it was easy here. Charles had DRS for several laps and was just so close, but could not get past Checo. It was amazing. Yeah. And he had to build up enough of a buffer and he did it at the end of the race so that that five second safety car infringement penalty for him wouldn't matter. And he would keep P1. So basically what happened there were 10 minutes of the race left when Checo's engineer told him that he was being investigated Um, His engineer told him to let's disappear, like to fly ahead. He did pedal to the metal. He made up like five seconds in 10 minutes. He was investigated twice for failing to keep within the 10 lengths of the safety car, once on lap 10 and then second time on lap 36. 
the first investigation was resulting in a reprimand, but then that second investigation got him that five-second time penalty. But that ruling was investigated after the race, which people had a lot of issues with. It was tempering the celebration and the certainty of his win. They're definitely getting a lot of heat after this. It took him like two hours after the race ended to decide. But obviously, Checo pulled through. We're super super happy to see him on top of the podium. Really well-deserved, strong race. And I can't wait to see what he does in Mexico. Woohoo! Unfortunately, Max had a bit of a rockier weekend, to put it mildly, from the quality fuel incident and having to abort his final flying lap to finishing P7 in the race on Sunday. He called the weekend, quote, incredibly messy, which is unfortunate given all the hype and expectations surrounding this weekend with the potential for him to have secured the world championship. So a little bit of a rough and rocky weekend So during the race, he had a bad start. He lost four places after the car almost went into an into anti-stall. So turns out he might have accidentally put on the wrong engine setting, which is is wild. He had been gaining really well. He had gotten to P6 with some beautiful passes in the classic Max fashion, but things started to fall apart after that. At the virtual safety car restart, Lando had to hit the brakes to make sure he wasn't going too fast, and Max was caught off guard and came so close to hitting Lando from behind. Lando called it very dangerous, but the announcer said it was Lando who was the one being dangerous by accelerating and then braking suddenly, so they thought maybe Lando was telling the team that they were being dangerous by telling him to start too soon or something, but strange that wasn't investigated at all. But then at the second safety car restart, Max had an uncharacteristic mistake. He had a huge lockup and spin and spun out while trying to pass Lando for P4. He said that the car bottomed out when he hit the brakes, so a bit of that track bumpiness coming into play here. He had to pit because the flat spots and vibrations were so bad after the lockup and spin, so After that, he dropped to P14, which was last, and then was able to recover to P7, but too late to make it to podium and still showed his classic racing style with some nice overtakes, like his unique little Vettel overtake, which was fun to watch, but unfortunately not the weekend he wanted, um, especially when he was fighting for that championship this weekend. For Mercedes, another roller coaster of a weekend for them with things looking so exciting on Saturday for Hamilton after his amazing quality performance and fighting for pole, but then having a bad race. He started P3 but finished P9. Potential honorary mention for Radio of the Week, like we mentioned at the start. Lewis was talking about, about starting on the inners and said, I told you these tires. In future, you need to listen to me. No grip. <laughs> And then later he accused signs of brake testing him under one of the VSCs, which is just like, what's going on? He, like Max, also had some uncharacteristic errors on lap 33. He made a big mistake. He totally missed the braking point, drove right into the barrier at turn seven. He had been running in P4 and fighting for podium. So that was sad. He was really upset at himself and apologized to the team on the radio. Oh, I always hate it when, when you hear him or Charles or people getting so mad at themselves and they make mistakes. It's just... Hard to listen to. Then later he locked up while trying to pass Vettel, which dropped him to P9 where he finished. And sadly, like we said, George never really got off the ground at all this weekend. He was knocked out in Q2 on Saturday and then starting from the pit lane due to his engine penalty. And then he also just generally had a tough race and made some errors 
on lap seven, he had tried to do a super late breaking move on Botas, locked up, big fail on that one. And then under Alonso's virtual safety car, he took a huge gamble and he was the first driver to switch to slicks and wiped out. That did not work. But I think this is kind of like a George signature move to take the risk of doing these slicks early. Verstappen on the radio said that that was brave. And within a few laps, George was like 20 seconds behind the pack from having to go so slow because he was on the slicks. He tried to pass Mick after the second safety car restart. He hit Mick and had to pit due to a puncture. He had one big Hail Mary. He was able to steal fastest lap from Checo, but then didn't get that extra point because he wasn't even in top 10 anyway. So that was like extra insult to injury. So in the end, he ended P14, last of the cars that finished the race. The one potential silver lining for them is that they didn't seem to have issues with the bouncing as many had feared, especially because it was a street circuit, but that did not make up for the overall lackluster weekend. For Ferrari, on paper, it was awesome for them. P2 for Charles, P3 for Carlos, double Ferrari podium with no huge strategy blunders. So that's awesome. It was their first double podium since Miami in May. So let's go Ferrari. Charles drove a great race aside from the unfortunate start where Checo passed him immediately. He didn't have too many opportunities to pass Checo, especially with DRS not enabled for most of the race. But like we said, there was some close racing towards the end. But I think there's not much else he could have done. So overall, great great result for him. It's not totally clear how Checo managed to widen the gap at the end to seven plus seconds, but maybe it just shows how much faster the Red Bull is in drier conditions or Checo's just an amazing driver. Unclear. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to give more credit to Checo here. I think he just outdrove Charles today. Charles just really missed his chance of not being able to pass Checo towards the end, even when he had DRS lap after lap and he was faster than Checo at that point. And I think Checo also just pulled such a gap from driving his heart out once he told he would be investigated for safety car issues. Checo said he gave it everything he had in the last few laps. It was so impressive. He was just like, he got told about the penalty and was like, absolutely not. I guess I'll just (laughs) have to. (laughs) Let's disappear, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Carlos also had a great result in P3, but he had a relatively lonely race and he didn't seem super pleased about it overall. Uh, he didn't have great race pace and he was much slower than Checo and Charles. So he was not super stoked, but I would say podium and great for the team. That's overall a really good, really good result for them. And a huge day for McLaren. They've pulled back ahead of Alpine and constructors and both drivers seemed so happy with the results. Lando said it was the hardest race of his career because it's so physically challenging. And then also a mentally demanding track with so many corners Plus, with so many restarts, you need full concentration from start to finish. But Lando really drove amazingly. He came close to a podium when he was close to overtaking signs late in the race. And while both drivers also just did drive super well, they also caught a huge lucky break with the Yuki safety car because most drivers had already pitted for slicks by then, but neither McLaren driver had. So when the safety car happened, they... On lap 36, they both pitted for slicks and came out fourth and sixth on the restart. And then Danny moved into fifth place after Max had that big lockup. And they brought big side pod and floor upgrades. So really excited to see in Japan how their pace is looking in hopefully drier conditions. 
Yeah, very promising. Let's hit some of the other teams. Alpine, they had a double DNF sad times after their big floor upgrade and Alonso's 350th GP. He's the most experienced GP driver in history, but sadly he had an engine failure on lap 22. He had been doing so well after starting in P5. And then Akon DNF'd on lap 28 for his engine failure. Haas, K-Mag was in P12 after the lap one collision incident where he got a black and orange flag because of that dangling end plate on his front wing and he had to pit. He is becoming closely acquainted with the black and orange flag this season. (laughs) That's definitely a trope that's going on. Mick was P13 after his collision with George when he suffered a puncture. Um, So at least both drivers did finish given like the general finish rate of everyone. So I mean, I guess that we could, we could call that a for the silver us. lining here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for Alfa Romeo, we had Botas P11 and then a Joe DNF after his crash with Latifi early in the race. And the crash was AKA just Latifi entirely running to Joe into the wall. Like literally didn't even see him um, in his mirrors. It was kind of ridiculous to watch. So Alfa Romeo continues their tough luck streak, tough luck streak, rough for Joe, fresh off of his recontract signing. Yeah, I felt bad for him there. They also cut right to his family watching while that was happening. And I was just like, uh, no. (laughs) Last few teams, AlphaTauri, Gasly got the final point rounding out the top 10. So that's at least some good representation for them. As we mentioned, Yuki's safety car many times. He crashed out on lap 36 with a big impact and caused that final safety car. So so many of these DNFs and virtual safety cars were just drivers making solo errors and driving straight into the, the wall. Conditions were pretty tough. Williams, sad, sadly, a double DNF for them. Uh, Latifi took Joe, Joe out on lap seven and both cars had to retire. The announcers immediately said Latifi was 100% to blame, which was definitely true. He got a five-place grid penalty for the Japanese Grand Prix due to that. So tough luck. Albon hit the wall and retired in the pits on lap 26, but overall impressive that he even got out there after everything. So super happy to see him out there and racing, even if it didn't end in the best result. Then finally, Aston Martin saving maybe the best for last year. (laughs) Are they maybe the MVP of constructors this weekend? That might be a little bit of a stretch, but P6 for Stroll and P8 for Vettel is awesome. They definitely benefited from errors by Hamilton, Verstappen, and all the DNFs, of course, but definitely the best results of the season for them by far. And super happy to see Vettel get some points as we reach the end of his amazing career. So great for them. Yes, so exciting. For our final thoughts, just wet conditions, incidents, collisions, lockups, safety cars out the wazoo this weekend. Singapore did not disappoint, and we still don't have a world champion yet, so the fight continues in Japan, which is exciting. For our top 10, we had Checo, Charles, Carlos, Lando, Danny, Stroll, Max, Vettel, Hamilton, and Gasly. A bit of a mixed-up top 10 there, which is fun. For Radio of the Week, it was Checo's Victory Radio. He said, this is how we do it, man. We shut our mouths and we work hard. That is the Mexican way. Oh, so great. Legendary. For the Drivers' Championship now, we, of course, still have Max on top with 341 points, then Charles with 237, Checo with 235. So the two of them are super close. But then there's a bigger gap to George with 203, 
Carlos with 202, and then Lewis and Lando. For constructors, Red Bull still by far in front, 576. Ferrari, 439. Mercedes, 373. And then McLaren passed Alpine. So McLaren's now in P4 with 129. Then Alpine with 125. And notably, at the back of the pack there, Aston Martin pulled up from 9th to 7th, cruising ahead of Haas and Alpha Tauri. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us for this recap. We can't wait for Japan, where maybe the championship will be decided. So we will talk to you soon for a preview.